What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hey folks, the new subscriptions on our Patreon page are rolling in, but in case you're just joining us, I'm launching a contest to break the 1,000 subscriber mark before the end of the year. Quick update on that front. As of right now, we're rapidly working our way through the middle 900s. So here's what we're going to do. The 1,000 subscriber at bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow will get to co-host an entire podcast with me. I'm serious about this. You're going to get the chance to rant about Trump or whatever's on your mind to tens of thousands of listeners. Again, that's subscriber number 1,000 will get to co-host this podcast for one exciting episode. So when you get a chance, make sure to stop by our Patreon page at bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow and sign up for at least $1 a month. You're hardly going to miss it and you'll be supporting the show in the best way possible. Don't forget to tell all your friends too. Again, that's bobseskashow.com or just click the all caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Thank you in advance, and now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Oh, I need some more reason. I can still feel the movement of the emery board. Refresh out, sir. I'll get some more. Leave the reg. Excuse me, Mr. Burns. <gasps> Poppin' fresh, you glutinous little doughboy. <laughs> There's something I've wanted to do to you for years. <laughs> Mr. Burns, uh, I uh, was wondering if you'd like to sponsor my bowling team for $500. Oh, I certainly, Poppin' Fresh. I, I owe my robust physique to your tubes of triple-bleached goo. Woohoo! Hey, everybody! If you want to ask Burns for a favor, now's the time! He's doped up or dying or something! <laughs> Bob Seska. Eat shit, Bob. The Bob Seska. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Damn you, John Oliver. Why do you say such mean things to me? I'm canceling that summit. <laughs> vicious. So vicious. From our nation's capital. Oh, by the way, that uh, little uh, clip from The Simpsons, that's how the Greenland thing happened. From our, <laughs> from our nation's capital, it is Thursday, August 22, 2019, and this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com, the greatest soap in the universe. Hi, what's up? What's happening? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Day 945 of the Trump crisis, day 109 of the constitutional crisis, 439 days until the 2020 presidential election, and uh, get rid of this goddamn music, we've got to do this. The goth ninjas are back! 
We have both of them in in studio, kind of. Our black capes are I, billowing. I like yes. to pre- I like to pretend that we're all in the same room, even though we're not. Um, it's uh, Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast at sexyliberal.com, also from dash the dash bunker.com, and T Rex David Ferguson from the T Rex Report podcast, patreon.com slash the T Rex Report. Hi, oh. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> so uh, I think uh, Donald Trump is doped up or dying or something. I mean, that <laughs> Simpsons clip is about right. I am the chosen one. Okay, so this is a summary of all the things that went on over this insane like 24, 48 hour span of time with the president. In less than 24 hours, Donald Trump said 76% of Jewish Americans are either morons or disloyal. He said <laughs> Putin outsmarted Obama when Russia invaded Crimea. He canceled a summit in Denmark because the prime minister refused to sell him Greenland, for God's sake. We have some more news on that here coming up. He proclaimed himself to be the chosen one. I am the chosen one. Yeah. God chosen damn it. for what? <laughs> chosen to drive us all batshit crazy. I think that's what that means. Uh, when asked about background checks, he said, we have great mental illness. Well, that explains everything. And the White House yes. announced on Wednesday it's, it plans to allow migrant children to be detained indefinitely. Plus, they're going after the 14th Amendment now, too, with birthright citizenship and all the rest of it. But on top of everything else... He is just, the brain worms are on the march. That's the best way <laughs> to yeah. describe everything. Whatever's um, wrong with him, it's it's getting worse. Yeah, absolutely getting uh, worse. Who's the we? I mean, it's we have great mental illness. Is it him and his it's tapeworm? The, it's the royal we. <laughs> him and the voices in his head. <laughs> him and the brain worms. It's the brain worms yeah, in his yeah. brain. Uh, that's the royal Clearly. we. Uh, but this is Donald Trump yesterday. This was compiled by Aaron Rupar. All of the things, and this is just him not being able to say words all in the same day. In fact, when Aaron posted this video clip, I was like, this is all from today? Are you kidding? Here's Donald <laughs> Trump not not able to talk. She shouldn't treat the United States that way by saying, what an absurd, she said, absurd. That's not the right word to use, absurd. Wait, who, who says absurd? I've never heard that. It's so bizarre. <laughs> it is it's just very strange. Very, very strange. Let's and I would say it's like syndrome where someone's read a word a million times and not really spoken it or heard it. <laughs> so I think Roger Stone says absurd. Absurd. Now that I'm thinking about it. it just, yeah. yeah. I, I just think he fucked it up and then he's trying to retcon it to me. Oh, I meant to do right. that. I'm, I meant to say right. absurd. The members of our armed forces, if I, and, and you understand that very well. <laughs> The members of our armed forces have always... By the way, last week we established that uh, Eric Trump is in fact the dumb one, unable to say the word... My name's Eric. Yes, and by the way, that is the most, of all the things we have ever done on the show, I think that is the most popular thing in the history of the show is your <laughs> Eric Trump impression last week. Unbelievably hilarious. Just got, you got to look at the comments on our Patreon page. Everyone I loves will. the I will. Eric Trump impression. Oh, my God. We're also calling upon all 50 states to immediately waive all applicable state taxes as well. Despite these obstacles, Karen is he now... He can't say it. He just can't say it. Uh, <laughs> <horrible>. <laughs> Holy 
shit. Like he's and, got a mouthful of greased marbles. And he doesn't drink, you know? apparently. Apparently, he is not a drinker. And that is kind of amazing to me. Because it always sounds like he is. Always. Always, always, always. Okay. So, yeah. So, Mitch McConnell wrote this piece about uh, how the Democrats need to preserve the filibuster or else... <laughs> They lose the constitutional order. I mean, he actually used the word order in the headline. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Knowing that, I remember John McCain's complaint before he died, which was the, you know, Mitch McConnell's abandonment of regular order in the United States Senate. And that includes the fact that, you know, Mitch McConnell eliminated the filibuster for judicial nominees and specifically Mm -hmm. the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. Again, we see this all the time where the Republicans are doing these end-arounds where they do something and then they blame the Democrats and then it becomes the Democrats' fault and and then people go, well, I guess both sides are equally as crazy. And that's the ultimate result of all of this. And you can you better believe if the Democrats do not reestablish the filibuster, if they ever do take over the Senate, which could be uh, in the next election, um, the Republicans are going to scream about that. Because now, I mean, I don't think the the Republicans thought this through entirely. Because when they eliminated the filibuster, imagine that. Yeah, I mean, when they eliminated (laughs) the filibuster for Supreme Court nominees, for for example, the fact is that if we have another Democratic president coming up next, uh, we're going to lose at least a few Supreme Court justices. They're going to have to be Mm -hmm. replaced, and probably Mm -hmm. one that is a Republican that will actually make a difference in the makeup of the Supreme Court, and that's probably. The next on deck to either retire or or die, to be mm-hmm. frank about it, is <laughs> right. Clarence Thomas. And so yeah. if, if Clarence Thomas goes, then the next Democratic president is going to basically have carte blanche to replace his seat. And uh, the same goes for RBG, of course, but that'll be an even exchange because it'll just be another liberal justice that'll be added in her place. And uh, who, who else? Uh, Breyer? I think Breyer might go. <laughs> Uh, You're assuming that we're going to even have a Supreme Court, like the like Trump isn't just going to like disband it and be like, I annul your authority. You know, I mean, we're so we're so far over out over our skis here with figuring out who the Democratic president's going to put on the court. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, assuming we're not radioactive by then. Right, right. <laughs> Quite honestly, it's, it's amazing to me that we haven't fallen over that ledge, that, that nothing seriously awful has happened to us. I mean, there's lots of things that... Trump is is doing to the United States internally here, uh, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to what's happening at the border uh, and, and now this uh, this thing with birthright citizenship and the Fourteenth Amendment. I'll get to that in just a second. But as far as like outside interference, like like uh, some sort of terrorist attack or some sort of right. attack, uh, you know, by another country against one of our bases or consulates. Greenland. Or something. Greenland, of course, right? We always have to be worried about Greenland. We have to be worried about them. Yeah. Just, I can't even believe that the Greenland thing is real. I know. It just, it makes my brain bleed. It just mm-hmm. like, I can't. Uh, yeah. We're going to buy Greenland. I mean. Does he not understand that sovereign nations are not available for purchase? Yeah. <laughs> it's, I wonder, again, this has been speculated since it first came out, is whether or not it was presented to him as a joke. Like someone was really fucking with him. And so I wonder if the president will figure this out. Let's see if I can convince him to uh, put in an offer to buy Greenland or something like that. 
And go, oh, yeah, it's a great idea. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, Mr. President, <laughs> wait, I, I got this great idea for you. Oh, yeah, I tell you, I love ideas. I love tr- most tremendous ideas. Okay, here's the thing. Um, you know that gigantic island? Yeah, I, I don't like islands. They're surrounded by lots of big water. I, I don't like big water. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it, it, nevertheless, it's a gigantic island. It's owned by Denmark, but there's hardly anything there. And I thought, here's what we can do. Why don't we buy Greenland and then you can put all kinds of golf courses. You can put a Trump resort there and big golf course. You know what they love these days is the ice golf where you go on the ice <laughs> and you play golf. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. It's the most wonderful sport. I, I've played it before. I played lots of the best and the greatest ice golfer in the history of ice golfing. Okay. <laughs> all right. Why did you try to buy it? Okay, I'm going to try to buy it. And they're, they're like, like run off. <laughs> we got him. We got him. It would have been only made better if instead of Greenland, they had proposed that Trump try to buy Wakanda. I think he should have tried uh, to buy. Yeah. <laughs> a, they should have tried to convince him to buy a completely fictitious place in the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that would have been perfect. Uh, of course, the next day, I'm thinking about Wakanda. <laughs> we'll have to put in an offer. A great, the most tremendous offer. That would have been one of the ultimate things that, of course, then the Republicans would have all lined up to justify. Oh, he was just... also canceled his state visit. Yeah. You know, because in a, in a snit, because they won't sell it. I just... Oh, God. I, you know, I, I, I like to think that, you know, and obviously we've seen copious examples of this, which Donald Trump is just so immensely thin-skinned. But I wonder if he justifies it by saying... No, what I'm doing is I'm standing up. No one treats America badly. And, and you know, his mistake is he's constantly conflating himself with America. Right. So if someone, right. someone treats him badly, he just expands that to all of America being treated badly, as if he is America. You know, the irony about that particular posture, if he indeed takes it, is that, remember Stephen Colbert published a book, I Am America and So Can You? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like, it was obviously, it was the character Stephen Colbert from the Colbert Report, and it was like a, you know, a conservative conspiracy theorist maniac, kind of like Donald Trump, titling a book, I Am America. And that's, I think Donald Trump believes that he is America. So when the Prime Minister of Denmark says, no, nah, it's absurd, we're not gonna sell. He goes, oh my God, so insulting. He said, bastard you. And then he's got to cancel the the goddamn summit like a little whiny diaper baby, like always. And talk (laughs) smack about their president because it's a woman, you know, Mm -hmm. so obviously she's a nasty woman. And it just. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what else is that uh, another brain trust here, another Mr. Wizard in the Republican caucus, Tom Cotton, has now claimed credit for, for Trump's Greenland idea. Uh, During a speaking engagement on Wednesday in Little Rock, Cotton said that he suggested the idea to Trump months before the president expressed interest, according to uh, Talk Business and Politics Report. Uh, Cotton said he met with the Danish ambassador to propose the no-brainer sale of Greenland to the United States. What makes it a a no-brainer? I mean, well, it's a literal no-brain, like a lobotomized kind of decision. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I can understand. See, I think uh, Truman, Harry Truman was uh, entertaining that possibility back in the early 1950s. The problem was that with uh, with Harry Truman, we were right in the middle of the Cold War. I mean, the Cold War was ramping up. There was a strategic capability to having Greenland when it came to. Uh, 
the nuclear brinksmanship uh, back and forth between us and the Soviet Union. So when you have Greenland in your pocket, you, you're a little bit closer to the Soviet mainland, right? Uh, and, and so I think that was the purpose. Trump's just doing it because obviously he wants to put resorts. And the thing that I thought of as soon as I heard the Greenland news come down, I think... Donald Trump is interested in North Korea from a real estate point of view. I don't know if he really believes that there's any sort of strategic interest in North Korea. Um, he's going for it, and he thinks, okay, well, if I have a good relationship with North Korea, I'm thinking uh, Trump Tower Pyongyang. This is my big idea. This is what I'm going to do. And I I'm think sitting he- here making Winona Ryder at the Emmys, Emmys faces. Just like, huh? Yeah. What? Huh? It's, uh. Well, I also believe he thinks Greenland is green. I think he's doing think the, right. the typical confusion between Greenland and Iceland. Uh, Iceland uh-huh. is mostly green and Greenland is mostly it's ice. Mostly that's, ice the, right. that's the little ditty that goes along with those two islands. And so I think Trump is probably confused by that. He's confused by most things. Um, partly because, Stairs. yeah, partly, and I want to play this tape again, partly because his economic advisor is drunk most of the time. Just you guys hear that Larry <laughs> yes. Kudlow. Oh my God. Greenland oh, is a strategic it. place <laughs> up there. And, uh, they got a lot so of valuable sure. minerals. They got I don't a lot of predicting now. Come on. I'm just saying. Yeah, the pr- wow. I cannot definitively say defensively. I got a lot Meryl. I can't offensively say that it yeah, is He was like uh, headed to the studio to do his TV spot. And he hit his daughter up for a couple Xanax to like calm himself <laughs> and be wow. steady on screen. And then they kicked in and he was a little much more. Yeah, I'm thinking mimosa, mimosa, mimosa. Mimosa, mimosa. Yeah, mm-hmm. right before he went on. On an empty stomach, by the way, because that's. <laughs> That's empty stomach drunk right there. Yeah. You know, you know you're empty stomach drunk when you, you lose control of your tongue, where your tongue just numbs up and you just can't say words anymore. I'm not that I would know. I never I never get drunk. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, you and you and Stephanie. Yeah, right. We never ever drank, of course. Me too. Never. Not once. <laughs> but, I, but I mean, this, nope. this is empty stomach drunk right here. Greenland is a strategic place <laughs> up there, and uh, they got a lot of valuable minerals. Carrots. Where's that? Bon, bon, bourbon. Uh, yeah. oh my you God. know, uh, I don't know. It was like uh, three, four years ago. Chez and I did a uh, a drunken after party podcast where we were both drinking during the show. I I I, I, polished, <laughs> oh I polished off a whole bottle of wine during the course of a single after party podcast. Oh wow! And by the end, I'm reading through some fun kicker stories, and it's just like completely Larry Cutler. Greenland like, is a strategic place. <laughs> that, that was totally me. I mean, I want you to just like I can just see the flush. I can smell the mist. <laughs> Of vodka, like around his face. Yep. You know, he's like hanging off the bar. He's probably got a little crumb of cocaine hanging out of his nose. Yeah. You know, and he's trying to tell you about the investments <laughs> he made in Greenland. They got a lot of valuable properties there. <laughs> it's the whole island. It's got beaches all around it. Uh, uh, Greenland, uh, Greenland is ice, and then Iceland is green. That's what I said. But y'all, y'all, listen. Hear- no, listen, listen to me. Listen. 
Greenland is a strategic place <laughs> up there, and uh, they got a lot of valuable minerals. <laughs> he walks by a candle and just goes. <laughs> he, here's what the funny thing about it too is if you listen to the extended clip, lots of heavy breathing between sentences, yeah. like, <laughs> like you ever try to pretend like you haven't been drinking. I mean, that's the thing. This is a morning show. It was a morning show. Yeah, Yeah, it was Dana Perino on Fox Business, I think, at uh, like 9 o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning. When he said he could run the central bank after he maniacally laughed at her when she asked him to (laughs) take her to Greenland. (laughs) (laughs) And I I could run the central bank. Central bank. (laughs) Greenland's got a lot of minerals. (laughs) The laughter was my favorite. And we wonder why. And we wonder why we're lapsing into a recession. The president's economic advisor sounds like this. Greenland is a strategic place <laughs> up there. And uh, they got a lot of valuable minerals. I don't want to predict an outcome. I'm just saying the president who knows a thing or two about buying real estate His nose wants is running. to take a look at I, low interest rates, no inflation, virtually no inflation, Chuck Todd. So I actually... He said Chuck Todd there, but he didn't say Chuck uh-huh. Todd. He said Chuck Todd. Zero uh-huh. inflation, Chuck Todd. Wait, I thought he was talking to CNN. You know what? I think he forgot he was on Fox Business because he had just done Meet the Press before this appearance. Right, right. So I think he still thought that he was with Chuck Todd. He thought he was on the wrong soundstage. It's Dana Perino who he he's was talking to. On with, yeah. And and he goes, oh, this is our interest rates, Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Roll it again. Roll it again. Rat bastard, Chuck Todd. He doesn't know where he is. <laughs> He doesn't know where he is, no. No inflation, virtually no inflation, Chuck Todd. So I actually think it's a pretty good story. And again, let me echo my theme. Let's not be afraid of some optimism. Optimism. Let's not be afraid of some optimism. Wait, 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 wait. Let let me echo what I said before. Echo something. I got to Wait. Okay. Uh, Shh. Okay, I gotta echo this, Chuck Todd. Okay, Chuck Todd. He's definitely got the red runny nose thing going. You yes. know, that's, okay, that's what all the heavy breathing is about, I think, is he's trying to get all that liquid back up in the, That is yeah. almost certainly it. Um, okay, well, you know, uh, this was also a pretty big news. We've got uh, Jay Inslee dropping out of the race yes. uh, yesterday, which is, I, I don't know. I mean, the fact is that he had a really great plan for the climate crisis. Mm-hmm. And he said yesterday on Rachel Maddow, where he made this announcement, that it's uh, it's possible for any other candidate to just take his plan. He said it's open source, run, take it away, run with it, use it, and I really hope someone's going to take him up on that, if not all of the candidates, because there's no reason why. Uh, this is a very doable kind of uh, climate crisis plan that Jay Inslee had. And so I, I sincerely hope that they're all going to uh, consider that as, as, as God, sort of absorbing man. into their platform. Jay Inslee is a boring man, did you say? Oh, Jesus. It was like the whole time he was on Rachel Maddow. It was like I had a seashell held up to my ear. Well, you know, he was was talking about the climate crisis. And one of the reasons why I think we're still in it is because it's not Mm -hmm. a sexy issue. It's not one of those issues that people are getting excited about. And that is 
a serious, serious problem. And I've been noticing this. I've been observing this for many years now. Every time I post a climate crisis article, man, nobody clicks. No, it's, it's just nothing but crickets chirping every time I write about the climate crisis. And so Jay Inslee, I think kind of fell on that issue and said, you know what, if I'm going to make a stand here, if I'm going to run for president, I'm going to make climate crisis front and center. And I think that was an immensely valuable thing because in the process, he he came up with a plan. And by the way, have you noticed that all the Democrats have a plan? No matter Mm -hmm. what the issue is, no no matter what the platform plank is, they've got a plan for it, especially Elizabeth Warren. But they all, I think, have plans. They've enumerated how they're going to do certain things. Uh, It's been a long time since we've heard anything like that. Certainly not since the... (laughs) Since the last Democrat was in office, who actually came into the presidency with an actual plan, um, isn't Inslee running for governor again? Isn't that part of the reason? Because I know that Hickenlooper is running for the Senate officially. I think Inslee's thinking of rerunning for the governorship up in Washington. Yeah, he is running for a third term in Washington. Okay. So that's at that's least some good. some good news there. And as we're seeing, some of those West Coast states, especially California are setting the standard for the rest of the country. And the White House is, of course, trying to buck that. They're trying to find an end around uh, around California's requirements as far as uh, emissions go. And that's the great thing about the California population, the California government, is that um, they can guide the rest of the country because they sell so many cars in California. Mm-hmm. And the auto industry needs to sell cars in California in order to b- remain in business. So the standards established in California are now standards across the entire country. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> I say that as a <laughs> yeah. for- former resident of California. Um, Unfortunately, we can't do the same with textbooks. Uh, yeah, that's true. You know, Texas we have Texas that, leading yeah. the country in textbooks, mm-hmm. and that's just... Uh, yeah, I don't know how that. That's like Ted out. Cruz leading the country in charisma lessons. You know, like. <laughs> but so, uh, so Jay Inslee is out. Joe Walsh of all people is in. I think we are all seeing this coming down Main Street uh, for the last uh, uh, couple of weeks now, based on what he's been tweeting. But Joe Walsh is going to primary challenge Donald Trump. That's uh, that leaves uh, Bill Weld, Joe Walsh, and Mark Sanford. So Mm -hmm. there are three Republican primary challengers to Donald Trump. And maybe between the three of them, they can snatch up enough delegates to seriously weaken Trump. And by the way, already just limping toward the 2020 campaign at this point. I mean, I think the latest... Is the RNC going to let them primary him? How's that going to work? Well, they can do it if they want to, as long as they qualify. It's just, yeah, I think they have to get signatures maybe in every state. Like when people ran for mm-hmm. the governor here, like they mm-hmm. try to all the time. You just had to get X amount of signatures in order to get on the ballot in your state. So yeah. I just, assume that's what it is. I, I don't know. They're just not going to get a lot of support from uh, the RNC, which is fine. Right. I mean, the RNC is completely and totally merged with uh, Donald mm-hmm. Trump. So they are right now, Trump and the RNC are just like a human centipede and anyone else is left off of the uh, playing field. But I mean, they can still do it and they can still potentially pick up delegates. I think there are a lot of Republicans mm-hmm. and I would say about 10% of Donald Trump's support are Republicans who would gladly support someone else. It's just that Donald Trump's mm-hmm. the only game in town. So they're lining up with him just as a, uh, I don't know, as an insurance policy to make sure the fetuses are protected or the guns are protected or whatever. It's just the... Uh, the evangelicals who just say, well, we're going to hold our nose and support Donald Trump anyway. But if someone comes in 
who isn't a maniac. I mean, they could right. say, well, you know, Mark Sanford, uh, this guy, Joe Walsh uh, or uh, Bill Weld, for that matter. I mean, Bill Weld could actually, I, you know, in fact, I left off the uh, the postmortem show on Tuesday with this little tidbit that we should watch how well Bill Weld is doing in North, uh, not North, but uh, New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Uh, Because it's entirely possible that Bill Weld could end up uh, putting up a fight in New Hampshire, especially because he's got plenty of name recognition up there. So it's only a matter of time. Uh, The other thing that I think is going to work against Joe Walsh, and this is just a purely superficial thing. I mean, apart from the fact that he he has a tendency to be an a-hole. I mean, before he became... And he's a deadbeat dad. Yeah, he he is. He kind of gives off a closeted gay vibe, but go on. (laughs) Well, he also looks just like Jeffrey Epstein. Uh-huh. If you if you look at the two uh, of them, in, yeah, yeah. In, in fact, there was a period of time when Jeffrey Epstein's name first came up in the news, and I'd be scrolling down Twitter, and I'd see his face, and I go, "Well, what's Joe Walsh doing these days?" <laughs> you know, it was, right, I was right. literally mistaking Joe Walsh or Jeffrey Epstein, and just confusing the both of them because they both have the long horse face and the short gray hair, and so um, you know, I I assume at some point. People are going to go, I don't know who that guy is. I think that guy's a pedophile. And it's Joe Walsh, not Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll see uh, how all of this plays out. I seriously doubt any of them are going to put up uh, any sort of serious chance. I don't think Donald Trump will definitely be the nominee of the Republican Party unless he drops out. And we had that bit of news uh, come down this week, too, where Anthony Scaramucci believes, much like my prediction from a few months ago, that Donald Trump may actually drop out before the 2020 election if he feels like he's going to lose badly enough. I mean, it's it's possible. I think it's very unlikely. I just yeah. I don't see him giving up. I, I and if he does, it'll have to be some sort of unavoidable thing. Like he right. just can't. Like he has a stroke, or he just can't do it anymore. That's the only way he would ever concede defeat <laughs> even if he loses right. in 2020 he is not going to concede defeat he will challenge the results of the election he will sue various states before they certify their vote totals that is something that is going to happen and he compiled a whole lot of excuses as to why that's going to happen now including google uh of course back to the myth of voter fraud despite the fact that his voter commission his voter fraud commission found Zero voter fraud. In addition to... Before they all went to jail. I mean... (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Well, and and then you go back to the Bush years where I think there were 26 confirmed convictions for voter fraud. None of them were intentional. Most of them were people just making honest mistakes. Mm -hmm. And and that was out of 197 million votes. So the statistical odds of there being voter fraud are basically zero. And so between those two things, and they're both Republican studies, there is no voter fraud. So do we have to pass voter ID? Well, of course we do because of all the voter fraud. Don't you see? Yeah. It's just so insane. And so that's the excuse. Plus, I think there's the wild card in all of this, which is that Donald Trump may even claim that the Democrats are in cahoots with the Russians or the Chinese or China (laughs) China. or or, uh, North Korea or some other enemy. Denmark may be on no, that list. No, it's Denmark's going to do it. The green, the people of Greenland and Denmark are going to band together. That's that's yes. going to happen. So get ready for the Danish trolls on Twitter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
exactly. Get ready. It's going to happen. Uh, okay, so lots more to talk about here. Some uh, Ben Shapiro in the news. I want to talk about uh, birthright Ew. citizenship, too. We got to get into birthright citizenship because this is pretty... Uh, uh, toxic and nefarious, this mm-hmm. particular move. Although it's not going to, su- to succeed, it's going to succeed temporarily. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But meanwhile, bugger off, bug repellent. Get ready for Labor Day weekend. You've got uh, barbecues. You've got outdoor events. You may be going to a, a, a picnic at a park or something like that. There may be a swamp nearby. Or if not, you could just be uh, outdoors. And this time of year, with the humidity and the heat and all of the rain that we've been getting to, at least here on the East Coast, uh, the bugs are all over the place. I don't leave home. I don't go out outside for an extended period of time without my bugger off bomb buggeroffbomb.com if you're tired of bug bites you've come to the right spot uh their bomb was created to swear off all the pesky mosquitoes that plague us every season and by the way you know it's got this amazing straightforward ingredients list you don't need all of the toxic chemicals there's no deet in there screw you deet no more deet (laughs) i'm anti-deet it is deet free i'm not sure what deet is but there is no deet (laughs) (laughs) bugger off bug it is kind to humans and the environment. It contains two key ingredients for fighting pesky bugs and other creepy crawlies. Eucalyptus and citronella is in there. It also contains non-GMO soybean oil, beeswax, thyme, rosemary, cedarwood, geranium, basil, and other essential oils. And by the way, this is coming directly from Kimberly A. Johnson. It smells great. It smells fresh and clean. It's not going to stain your clothing. Plus, no more mosquito bites. Just $10.95 for your aluminum tin of Bugger Off Bomb at buggeroffbomb.com. But use our promo code BOBC for 15% off your entire order. Support this show by supporting Bugger Off Bomb and stay bug-free all summer long. Again, that's Bugger Off Bomb, buggeroffbomb.com, or just click the link on the podcast page. Thank you so much. Screw you, Deet. The Bob Seska Show. Seska Show. You don't think it's right. What is on my mind? Doesn't matter anyway. What you say it's time. Who even knows why? Doesn't matter what I say. Take all that you can. I love this. This is After the Fight. Brand new music from one of our favorites here, After the Fight. The song is called Doesn't Matter Anyway from their brand new At the End of It All album. They just sent me this uh, two days ago, and I'm so happy that they did because I needed to rock out today. I just needed something. I just start uh, I started a mosh pit over here with our studio audience. That's why I was delayed talking there for a second. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, thanks to Steve Pacheco and After the Fight for submitting this uh, amazing uh, punk rock band, After the Fight. Uh, link in the description below. Also, by the way, make sure to submit your music to bobseska.com slash music. Go right there. There's a convenient form for you to fill out. That's all you got to do. And uh, and then I'll check it all out and, and see if we can get it on the show here in our roundup of uh, indie music uh, coming out of commercials. And then also the indie music countdown at the end of every month where I do a Casey Kasem style countdown. All the music played in the order in which they, you know, all those songs appeared on the show throughout the month. It's not... Like a literal, like, oh, this is the best song of the last month. 
It's not like that. I don't play favorites. I just play everything in the same order that they uh, appeared on the show originally. So there you go. All right. So uh, let's talk about the 14th Amendment here. Because Donald Trump seems to be uh, targeting the 14th Amendment once again. This is something that they entertained during the campaign. There was something, uh, a lot of discussions during the debates, especially about eliminating birthright citizenship. Now, the thing that's hiding in plain sight with all of this is that that particular amendment was ratified during Reconstruction. It was one of the many Reconstruction Amendments. 13th Amendment, of course, freed the slaves. 14th Amendment created made all the slaves uh, uh, citizens. And, uh, you know, uh, there was a due process was in there. And so lots of, uh, lots of things that were geared toward the transition out of the Civil War into a, uh, 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 the reunification of the country and so on. And obviously an entire population of uh, African Americans in the South who needed... Uh, rights and the 14th amendment was one of those amendments that provided it to them and donald trump wants to eliminate that shocker and and of course they'll continue to scream and whine oh well we're not racist we're just you know racist (laughs) we're we're totally not racist but listen to us be racist and make sure to vote for us because we're also racist uh that seems to be the thing but but don't say that word because it's mean it's nasty uh but it's true and, uh, and again, it's illustrated by the fact that Donald Trump now wants to go in and meddle with one of the Reconstruction Amendments. And why? Because he wants to get rid of brown people in this country. This is geared toward the children of immigrants who come to this country. I mean, if he were to eliminate birthright citizenship for people who are born here, uh, birthed by immigrants... My dad, for God's sake, is a second-generation immigrant. Baron Trump his, his, is a second-generation immigrant. Yeah, I mean... Same with his first three in Baron. They're second-generation. Yes, exactly. You see, there's that dimension, too, uh, which he obviously doesn't understand. And Stephen Miller, who is advising him on all of this crap. By the way, the Stephen Miller profile is... Uh, is uh, it'll blow your mind in a very, very awful way. Uh, one of the things I learned from that uh, particular article in the New York Times is this whole profile of Stephen Miller is that he monitors Trump's uh, teleprompter whenever Trump does a rally. So what will happen is Trump will start reading the teleprompter and then he does the things where he goes off and starts to lock her up and all that crap. But then he goes back to the prompter. And it's Stephen Miller's job to make sure that the prompter guy, the prompter operator, scrolls to another part of the prepared remarks so that it can be a little more seamless, so they can connect the two things a little better. Um, But among all of that, Stephen Miller is also the architect of all of this uh, horror show that we're watching with the prison camps and the family separation and now uh, indefinite detention of children, uh, migrant children who come across the border and... Uh, you know, children who are born to immigrants, they no longer are birthright citizens. This is what just makes me grind my teeth until sparks fly. <laughs> is that yeah. these people claim they want to outlaw abortion because fetuses can feel pain. Mm-hmm. But when confronted with actual children in pain, they don't give a shit. No. They're just like, uh, you know, it's like, they don't need blankets to sleep on the floor you know or clean water or toothbrushes or it's just like they believe that life begins at conception and ends Ends at at birth birth. exactly Mm -hmm. exactly that's exactly right i just i yeah i'm in a stabby mood today i just i really am like there there are no good republicans they should all be just like you know flushed down a giant chemical toilet yeah um 
I just I can't right now. Uh, <laughs> well, I know I know exactly what you're talking about because when you really start to dive into this one thing, and yesterday he was talking about how birthright citizenship is frankly ridiculous. That's what he said during one of his chopper talks yesterday. He said, "Have a baby on our land. You walk over the border, have a baby. Congratulations, the baby is now a U.S. citizen." Well, guess what? That's how the Constitution fucking works, Biff. Yeah. You stupid fucking idiot. Uh, he just doesn't understand these things. He doesn't get it. He doesn't understand how the country works, how the Constitution works. He's never read the Constitution. He has no yeah, clue. And s- someone told him 15 minutes ago that birthright citizenship meant something different than what it does. You know? Yeah, just yeah. Like, well, it's the same same person who probably said to him, it's probably Tom Cotton. He's like, oh, by the way, buy Greenland. And also, uh, there's not the Constitution doesn't exist. <laughs> There's no such thing as cotton in the military. Shouldn't he understand how other countries function? They like, don't. They the, don't understand anything. But I mean, here's right. here's how this is all going to work out. I mean, this is what's going to happen here. He's going to sign an executive order saying we are no longer uh, assuming that uh, people who are born here uh, by immigrants who came into the country and then left the country, those children of immigrants are no longer citizens. So they no longer enjoy rights, the rights of citizens, and they can therefore be deported. Now, that'll be a thing. He'll try to do that, and they'll Mm -hmm. start doing it. In fact, ICE and CBP, I would be surprised if they hadn't already started it. But what's going to happen is that'll be stopped before... Uh, and then there'll be a whole court thing. The courts will stop it, but then there'll be appeals and it'll uh, work its way all the way up to the Supreme Court. I doubt the Supreme Court, even the wingnut justices, will go along with Trump on this one because the language is abundantly clear. And the only way to change that, the only way to eliminate the 14th Amendment is not an executive order. You have to pass another amendment to repeal the 14th. That's the only mm-hmm. way you can do that. And, and the Supreme Court can't even go, well, you know what? Uh, we're not even, we're going to ignore the 14th Amendment. That just doesn't apply. Uh, no, that's not how it works. And it's not going to work that way. So, But they'll have it, they'll try it, and it'll be around long enough for them to inflict pain, to continue to pursue their new cruelty, their cruel whimsy here. And, and there will be some people who will be deported because of this before the courts actually get to it. And you can guarantee the ACLU is going to lay down in front of this and, and try to get it to stop and probably will do it uh, pretty hastily. I mean, it'll all come down pretty quickly. But in the meantime, they're just going to keep doing it. I mean, that's, that's just the way they've always operated with this. It's, again, Stephen Miller running the show. And as far as I'm concerned, Trump, Stephen Miller, uh, John Kelly, Jeff Sessions, and there's one other guy whose name I forget. Uh, uh, but it, nevertheless, Satan. Satan. <laughs> Perfect. Yes, Satan is exactly right. Um, all of them, all four of those guys, plus whoever else is happening behind the scenes, who's working out behind the scenes, they all need to be dragged to the Hague and <laughs> convicted on uh, human rights abuses because this is exactly what this is. This is ethnic cleansing. Because obviously we see this not happening with uh, Canadians or Irish people or British people or any right. whites. It's not happening. It's just not happening with whites. And most of the people who are here illegally are here with visas that have expired. It's not people who are mm-hmm. marching over the border or migrants or anything else. This, these are people who came here through airports, uh, ports mm-hmm. of entry like that, and got a visa and then overstayed their visa and just haven't left. Those are the people that, but of course, that's not going to create any turgid hard-ons among the uh, Donald Trump red hat base. 
Uh, they're not mm-hmm. going to be stoked by deportations of Germans. <laughs> you know, they'll actually want more Germans, please, in fact. Uh, yeah, nobody in Germany wants to come live here. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely not. Right. That's like the Norwegians when he was like, why can't we get more Norwegians? The Norwegians are like, in your healthcare system? Absolutely not. No. Mm-hmm. No. He just, it's like, uh, I mentioned this on Tuesday, but, you know, Colbert said to uh, Anderson Cooper Sunday night that uh, the world is laughing at us and Trump thinks the world has stopped laughing at us because mm-hmm. of him. They're laughing at us because of it. They think that we have elected a complete nitwit, and we have. I am the chosen one. And uh-huh. they're just holding their breath until it's all over. And I hope that at some point uh, it is going to be all over. He said yesterday, too, on top of everything else, he, by the way, he mentioned uh, staying in office for 10 or 13 years. Yeah, no. Yeah. Did another I'll thing. I'll go get him. Yeah. I will go. I will citizens arrest him. I will go get him. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we all have a responsibility to do that. We have a responsibility to rise up because that is at that point, he is laying the groundwork or would be laying the groundwork to become the next Vladimir Putin. It becomes uh, yeah. America's Putin. And that because yeah. that's exactly what Putin did. He decided, OK, I've, I've, let me figure out a way to stay in office here. And he created an office for himself and uh, and then rigs the election. So he's constantly being reelected. He's about to do it again. And I would be completely shocked if Donald Trump goes, hey, you know what? That's not for me. It's not for me. I need to go to Mar-a-Lago and spend the rest of my days playing golf. And no, no, he's not going to do that. He also that. knows he's vulnerable to legal charges after he gets out of office. Exactly. He mm-hmm. is very well aware of that. That's that's his fear. That's 100% the motivation for why he would stay in office. It has nothing to do, obviously, to. the lure of the power that he now wields to influence policy, to influence the conversation in the United States. That's obviously a lure to him, but I think the main thing that would motivate him is... Uh, is making sure that he doesn't get indicted, you know, on exactly. uh, at 12.01 on January 20th, 2021. Because uh, it's entirely, uh, it's a very real possibility that that could happen. Uh, I think that's... That, that's why we have to vote in overwhelming numbers. We have to, sorry, Ms. Miller, do a Goldwater Miller to him, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, he has to be... S- so defeated that it there is no question about it that that is not a, an election that can be rigged because an election that's close is easily manipulated by 10 mm-hmm. 30 40 000 mm-hmm. votes but when it's millions and millions in every state people are like you know half the population is like wait i didn't do that you know yeah I, I, it's got to be huge. It's got to be like a Reagan kind of win or a Nixon win in 72. It's got to be overwhelming. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, we have to assume that that's the only way uh, mm-hmm. we have a, uh, a a change in leadership here is if we mm-hmm. overwhelm the vote. And you know, the encouraging thing, going back to what Mitch McConnell wrote in the New York Times, the encouraging thing, and I, I believe uh, David Frum uh, tweeted about this, something along these lines, is that I think the reason why Mitch McConnell wrote that article about the Democrats and the Senate and the filibuster is because he's seeing the polling showing that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the presidency aside, it's very likely the Democrats win the Senate back. And again, Mm -hmm. I say, I say, don't get happy, goddammit. Don't get happy, Don't get happy. Hashtag don't get happy. But the numbers, the electoral map for the Senate seats mm-hmm. uh, are very favorable. Those seats are very favorable right now to the Democrats because it's the, basically the opposite of what it was in 2018, the opposite of was mm-hmm. what it was last year, which is that there are something like 25 Republican seats that they need to defend versus mm. about seven or eight Democratic seats that need to be defended, right. and which was the opposite case last year where there were just a few uh, Republican seats they need to defend and a whole bunch of Democratic seats 
seats. And that's the only reason why they ended up, uh, I think, picking up a seat or two in the Senate, just mm-hmm. because of the, na- the nature of the map. Now, it's going to be with it the, being the opposite going into 2020, uh, just the numbers uh, there alone, the map alone is good news for the Democrats. Of course, this is theirs to lose now. It's entirely possible that they could uh, flummox this, or I should say better yet, voters could flummox this by either staying home or any number of ways that'll go down. Um, Mm -hmm. Voter suppression, Russians, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, meanwhile, there, uh, Stephen Miller and all these other guys who should be in the, uh, standing trial in the Hague, they're planning to terminate the 20 day cap for detaining migrant children. We're going to talk yeah. about indefinite detention <laughs> of migrant it. children right after these words. Hey, dude, being at the racetrack is a blast. High five. Whoa, man. Uh, you can put your arm down now. What? You're going to leave me hanging? Come on, bring it in for a hug. Uh, that's okay, man. We're cool. What's the matter? We're all buds, man. Uh, well, I I hate to tell you, but I think you need to take a pit stop. What? I'm not driving a race car, man. No, pit stop. It's, uh, well, an all-natural deodorant that'll keep your pits from, uh, being the pits. Oh, no. My pits are the pits. Hey, don't worry, man. Luckily, my pals over at Bubble Genius have you covered. They've created all-natural stuff to help with summer stank. Everything from pit stop deodorant to cooling facial mist to talc-free body powders that leave you soft, not sweaty. Hey, cool. You said it. Bubble Genius keeps you cool all summer long. BubbleGenius.com Bob Seska This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Well, it's all right, came here tonight. Got this feeling that something ain't right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns are left to me. Jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Stuck in the middle with the goth ninjas here today. Uh, this is a Pacific Standard, stuck in the middle, covering a Steeler's Wheel. Everyone knows the song. I always think of that scene from uh, Reservoir Dogs when I guess. <laughs> Forever linking this song to uh, the torture of a police officer <laughs> in, the, in the movie Reservoir Dogs. Um, by the way, Pacific Standard's great. I love this. Uh, they're mostly like bluegrass country kind of stuff. Uh, which I typically don't gravitate to, but man, I really love Pacific Standard. I, you know, I can always be convinced on any genre. We've had some uh, some hip hop here. I don't normally listen to hip hop either, but man, we've had some great hip hop recording artists too on the show as well. So, really love deviating from the normal fare that we get here. Uh, again, bobseska.com slash music to submit links in the description. By the way, for all the music we played here on the show. Uh, okay, so uh, what are we talking? We're back to a Republican administration talking about indefinite detention again, uh, which, by the way, I think Donald Trump needs to be able to say the words indefinite detention for him to actually be able to institute indefinite detention. Because I don't think, <laughs> based on it's what like saying he has to find Syria on a map before <laughs> we can take any further action. Good yeah. luck with that. Yeah, well, based on what we heard before <laughs> earlier in the show. 
I doubt he's rattling off indefinite detention as easily right. as, you know, he likes to think he does. Uh, but this new regulation announced by uh, the acting DHS chief, uh, Kevin Mac- McAleen, Mac, what is, it? this is the last name of this guy? Kevin McAleenan. Alinan? Huh? Is it McAleenan? Okay, I'm just learning. You know, it made me feel so much better the other night when Rachel got flummoxed. Did you hear Rachel get flummoxed by a name in in some copy she was reading? It was great. She hit the name and couldn't pronounce the name, so she had to stop and work it out in her head live on her show. Oh, it was I love it. Ermenehildo so Zegna. Awesome. <laughs> what was it? The name of the designer. Ermenehildo Zegna. It was the Italian designer that made William LaPierre suits. Oh, you got it. You nailed it. That's it. That's the one. <laughs> That's the one, and you were able to pronounce it. That's uh, that's really really. Ask impressive. a gay about fashion. Ask a <laughs> <Yeah>. gay. <laughs> Kevin McAleenan. That is the. Uh, that's McAleenan. That looks right to me. Yeah, the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security requires approval from a federal judge before it can go into effect and could be in defiance. Wait, say it again. Kevin McAleenan. I can do the Macalinen. Hey, Macalinen. Uh, I'm hip. I'm cool. Hashtag Rocky Mountain Mike. Um, <laughs> no kidding. Hey, Macalinen. <laughs> hey, Macalinen. But uh, hey, Macalinen could be in defiance of the uh, 2015 <laughs> Flores Agreement, which limited the time families could be detained to 20 days. Trump and Republicans have repeatedly blamed the 20-day rule for encouraging migrants to arrive at the border with their children, no. expecting to be released. Administration officials claim the new rule will serve as a deterrent against migrant families. Yes, great deterrent. I wonder what happens to the people who aren't deterred. Yeah. Because well, obviously... This is the thing. This puts me in a weird place of cognitive dissonance because yeah. it's upsetting. And I know it's horrible. And I know that people are suffering. But I also know that Stephen Miller and the White House staff are doing this because they know it upsets us. Yes. It's the same reason they keep making attacks on trans people. Mm-hmm. It's because they know that that's a raw nerve for us and we are mm-hmm. dead set on defending them. And it just like, I mean, this is like trolling as governing and it's Uh disgusting, but, and it's like, I'm resentful that they are pulling my strings. They are having any control whatsoever on how I feel about anything. And yet you can't just like hear that they want to indefinitely detain babies and children and just be like, oh, that's. You know, just another piece of information. Mm-hmm. Let um, me ask you this, uh, Gay Chez. Um, <laughs> are, are, is the trans community included within the umbrella of the log cabin Republicans? Probably not. Yeah, but I didn't I think so either. You know, uh, you know, there are trans, there are Republican trans people. I'm sure. Because it's not something that has to do with ideology or like where you fall in the political. Low, low taxes, fiscal with, responsibility. Yeah, sort of the right the the fiscal conservatism, as they say. Well, no, and right. racism too. I mean, you can be trans and racist, just like you can be gay and racist, or you can be, you know, like. Or yeah. It's just it's none of these things are mutually exclusive. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. And, and see, that's the funny thing about racism. Obviously, we see the lion's share. You know, ninety ninety nine percent of racism happening among people who happen to support the Republican Party. 
but there are uh, more than a few racists on the left, and uh, you know it's well, kind no, of it's it's the default browser of American citizenship. Yeah, it's like exactly. The Internet Explorer. That's and white supremacy is like what we are all taught is the natural order, and mm-hmm. you know, with words or not. Yeah. From the moment we open our right. eyes as children, as babies, we see black people and white people are treated differently in this society, mm-hmm. and so people take on board racist ideas and racist ways of thinking without realizing that they are racist. Yeah. Right. yeah. And, the, and the problem is, arises when people try to call them out on it and people say that's racist. And they what they hear is you're a bad person. Right. Instead of this is a teachable moment where mm-hmm. you're just, you know, you are unthinkingly using the software that was installed in you. Here, we're going to show you a better way. But they get mad about it. Yeah, really you know, well said. Like, you're attacking me. Yeah. Um, well, I, the other thing is the whole concept of white fragility. Mm-hmm. It is... But go on. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. In fact, um, you know, my study of the Civil War informs a lot of what I know in terms of uh, the origins of, of racism in this country, because that was really just such an incredible hinge in the history of uh, of race relations here. Obviously, the end of slavery and the beginning of a whole new chapter in, in uh, racial oppression. Uh, at the same time, what you discover especially in the context of the Civil War, especially in the context of the aftermath of that, going back to the 14th Amendment, for example, is there were just as many racists in the North as there were in the South. It's just in the South, the racist landowners actually acted on their racism by buying and, and trading slaves, right? Mm-hmm. So, Oh, no, trust me. we The South does not have a patent on racism oh, in yeah. this country. In fact, we're a lot more integrated here. We go to school together. We eat together, we, you know, and whereas in Boston, you can like go your entire K through 12 school career and never meet a person of color. Yeah. Because their their schools are de facto segregated. Mm -hmm. Uh, But because the Civil Rights Act wasn't implemented in Massachusetts because people didn't think they needed it. We don't have integrated schools up there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in terms of the immigration discussion and debate that's happening here, certainly the ethnic cleansing that's taking part on behalf of the Republicans right now, you're going to find support for that in the North just as well as you're going to find in the South. It's not exclusive. Uh, Donald Trump won Pennsylvania based partly on his immigration policy based on what he planned to do with Muslims, what he planned to do with uh, Latinos, what he planned to do with migrants, etc., and so you win Pennsylvania, you win Michigan, you win Wisconsin, for God's sake, based on that platform. Yeah, that's going to indicate there are a few racists in those northern countries, too. So while, again, you see a lot of it grouped in the south, uh, where the, it's, it's typically the south where you get that, and a lot of Midwest as well. But upper Midwest, the North, you know, even if you don't see, I mean, the most racist people. Bakersfield, California. Bakersfield, California. I mean, the racists that I encountered when I lived in Pennsylvania. Oh, my God. During uh, 2008, during the 2008 election, the things that I overheard in restaurants and bars in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is like a northern state that was raised in the south. Like its parents drank (laughs) and it was sent to be raised by Georgia and Alabama and then sent back when it turned (laughs) of age. But like, I mean, it's not really a northern state. It's, mm-hmm. you know, but see, I, I really I object to the characterization that the South is more racist than the North because it's, you know, 
the South is a lot browner than people realize. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stacey well, Abrams became really close. In fact, probably actually won the governor's race. I think she did, too. Um, so let's not, I mean, because Georgia is browner and, and more progressive than people realize. We've just had a Republican stranglehold on politics for a generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really, like, I mean, there are plenty of racists in New Jersey. Trust me on that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've you've heard the voicemail messages that some people get from these people where they're talking about the the, the blacks and the Mexican and it's just like you know it's <laughs> well I this mean is uh, not a southern disease. It just so happens that we had a you know the the South in the Civil War was arguing on behalf of owning black people as chattel. Right, but it's not. I mean, I honestly I don't think that there are more racists in Georgia than in than in Massachusetts. No, certainly not. In, you know, like Michigan. Well, here's a good um, example of that too. You can actually look at hardcore numbers along those lines, T-Rex, which is that if you look at the congressional races and the victories, as well as the state and local ra- races and victories in the immediate post-Civil War elections, you're going to find an extraordinary number of African-American candidates uh, being elected to Congress, I think uh, elected to the United mm-hmm. States Senate, uh, certainly elected to state-level office state legislatures were almost entirely African-American because of Reconstruction. And and that was the case until Reconstruction ended. The Klan moved in. uh, Jim Crow laws were passed. And that's what changed the consequences Mm -hmm. of elections in the South. Otherwise, had it not been for Jim Crow, had it not been for neo-slavery and the other things that we observed throughout the remaining uh, years of the 19th century into the 20th century, there would have been all, you know, majority African-American representation at every level of government. And, uh, and that's one of the shames. It's one of the awful uh, legacies of American racism is that that was the future that, that we could have had. But mm-hmm. we pulled out of Reconstruction too soon. Uh, we were we, we went a little too easy on the South. I know that uh, Abraham Lincoln pledged uh, charity toward all, malice toward none. Uh, but at the same time, you know, th- they eased back too quickly and too much to the point where Southern whites were able to reconstitute their power to ostracize African-American voters, to keep African-American voters away from the polls, a dynamic that we're seeing today. And that's what mm-hmm. so, so few people understand about the Voting Rights Act when it comes to, especially on the Republican side. I mean, the reason why the Voting Rights Act was so important was to not only overturn Jim Crow, but to make sure that Jim Crow didn't come back. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're seeing now because it's not, again, much like the... Uh, uh, migrant uh, prison camps and so on. It's not white people who are being purged from voter rolls in places like Florida and Alabama and Mississippi. It's mainly African-Americans who are being purged from those voter rolls and to a certain extent Latinos as well. Uh, Again, you can trace everything back to the Civil War. I always believe that a study uh, of the Civil War uh, enhances your knowledge of what's happening right damn now. And I'm talking about the specific events of, uh, you know, 2016 on through 2019, certainly during the Obama years as well, the mm-hmm. amount of racism that he confronted. Yeah. Have either of you started watching? Uh, That's why I feel like the states' rights is such garbage. Oh, yeah, well, of course. States' rights, it's just like, you know what? The states have pretty much demonstrated that they're not competent 
on that. Yeah. On yeah. The, it's, In fact, you know, what are, Dinesh D'Souza tweeted this. Of course, it's going to be stupid. So I'll just preface. You know, if I say Dinesh D'Souza tweeted something, yeah, it's going brace. to be dumb. Yeah. Let uh, me hold my breath until a few more brain cells die. <laughs> He said so something, I can understand it. something along the lines of four million slaves in the U.S. pre-Civil War uh, were owned by Democrats. America isn't to blame. <laughs> America isn't to blame for slavery. Democrats are. This is the elephant, or perhaps should I say, the donkey in the living room. Oh, I wow. get it. <laughs> that gets a Larry Kudlow laugh. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> uh, really, Dinesh D'Souza has like. <laughs> Old bean soup Essential for brains, you know. Like, know. It's just <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, it's yeah, like a thought comes bubbling out of there, and you just—it's uh, like the man that should have died in his crib. And yeah, I mean, uh, we're seeing the consequence right now with the Donald Trump administration of many, many years in which education was completely undermined in this country. And the fact is that we all know those of us who you know read books and things like that we know that the democratic party of the civil war era were conservative land-owning states rights yep. democrats before a bunch exactly. of party realignments landed that same voting block in the modern republican party that's yep. what that's what history tells us that's what every history book tells us uh and i always is- love it when my friends bring up the, some people i know that i'm related to bring up well we're the party of lincoln not since lincoln <laughs> I know. I mean, the Republican Party of 1861, vastly different than the Republican Party now. I mean, Abraham Lincoln went to war against state rights, states' rights. Exactly. In favor of a strong central federal government. I mean, he instituted the income tax to help pay for the war. I mean, these are Mm -hmm. not... Uh, conservative ideas. I mean, insofar as uh, Abraham Lincoln wanted to preserve the unity of the United States, keep all the states, mm-hmm. keep the union together, that's kind of a conser- more of a small C conservative thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everything else that he did was quite uh, at least center left. I mean, in today's parlance. But uh, yeah, I mean, a whole bunch of party alignments where there was shifts, a slow, gradual changeover due to mm-hmm. things like Reconstruction, due to uh, FDR, uh, due to Teddy Roosevelt. I mean, Teddy Roosevelt, as a progressive Republican, uh, kind of scrambled everything around. And then, of course, yeah. there was uh, the Voting Rights Act, the Civil Rights Act in the 1960s that drove the last remaining vestiges of conservative Democrats over to the Republican Party where they're... Well, the Southern strategy alone. Yeah, exactly. The racism could just flourish in those cases. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, just the brief history of, of why we're here. And I could spend a lot of time. In fact, you know what I want to do? I want to see if I can get this uh, author on the show. I don't know if you guys are aware of him. His name is Douglas Blackman. And he wrote a, uh, an incredible book, one of the best books about the history of racism in this country, racist policy, called uh, Slavery by Another Name. And it's about neo-slavery post-Civil War, where actually slavery continued in this country up through, I mean, there were still some pockets of it in the 1980s, according to this book. I mean, the prison system. Yeah. There's your slavery. Exactly, exactly. And what would happen is, and this is just the real shorthand Cliff Notes version of this book, but uh, as part of Jim Crow, there were these horrendous laws like vagrancy. Have you ever heard of vagrancy? I mean, it's a typical uh, 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 Jim Crow piece of legislation insofar as it made standing around illegal. 
mm-hmm. where if you were just walking down the road, right, you're walking home after working, you're walking to another farm, you're working, you're walking to get some food or whatever, you're just walking. If you didn't have proof of employment, you could be picked up arrested for vagrancy for god's sake in fact he tells a story in the book this uh uh ex-slave named uh, green cottonham uh was picked up for this exact law picked up for vagrancy uh thrown into a kangaroo court where he was convicted and then disappeared into a uh slave mining camp where the but look at what happened to eric garner i mean that's mm-hmm. in new york city yeah. Just a couple of years ago where yep. it's like they, the crime of selling loose cigarettes ended up you know, being a death sentence for him. Right, right. Never well, even made it to trial. Well, that's what happened uh, to Green. Just, that's what happened to Green Cottenham. He died in this uh, prison camp where he was the municipality that arrested him, sold him off to this mining interest where, uh, you know, basically he became a, a slave. Didn't earn any wages. And eventually died uh, mm. working in this in this coal mine, and that was happening all throughout the South. That is neo slavery, and that continued up through mainly uh, the 19, early nineteen forties. It was around Pearl Harbor when FDR went to the FBI and said, "Hey, are we doing anything weird? Are we doing anything that the Germans or the Japanese can turn around against us? Are we doing anything that's fascism adjacent or slavery adjacent here? Mm-hmm. And the FBI went, yeah, no, Mr. President, there are these camps in the South. And FDR was like, oh, shit. Okay, go shut them down. But somehow, a few of them remained into the early 1980s. So this wow. was something that is not ancient history. I mean, slavery in this country has a long shadow leading up to, I mean, certainly in terms of policy, in terms of racism happening now, but in terms of actual execution of slave, uh, of the, the slave trade and, and slave labor, that was all into the 1980s. It was just astonishing to me. So that, that's one of the guests I want to get here on the show. I'm just working on uh, getting Douglas Blackman, Slavery by Another Name. But uh, yeah, always what important. What were you going to gonna tell us about Ben Shapiro? Oh, yeah. Ben Shapiro is uh, a fucking moron. That's what I was going to tell you. <laughs> As you know, there was a flap, uh, it seems like five, six years ago, but it was really late last week when uh, <laughs> Donald yeah. Trump suggested to Israel that uh, Ilhan Omar not be allowed to go. Is it Was it Omar who was not allowed to go to uh, visit her? Rashida Tlaib. Oh, Tlaib. Tlaib and her, yeah. Okay, they both wanted to travel to Israel, and, uh, and Trump suggested to Israel that they block entry into Israel. And then, of course, Israel went, oh, okay. And then the next day they relented and said, ah, fine, they can come in. And then uh, Tlaib and Omar were like, ah, we don't want to go in anyway. Uh, but in the process of doing that, Ben Shapiro tweeted, uh, this was August 15th, so this was uh, eight days ago. So remember that time the Obama administration barred a member of the Israeli Knesset from entering the United States in 2012? Because you were vice president at the time. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was saying this to uh, Joe Biden. Ben Shapiro tweeted right. this at Joe Biden. But of course, Ben Shapiro is being a fucking idiot, like he always is. I mean, the intellectual dark web sucks. Uh, <laughs> the intellectual dim web. Yeah, exactly, um. <laughs> exactly. But first of all, Obama had nothing to do with it. Second of all, Michael Ben-Ari, that's the guy he's talking about. That's the uh, member of the Israeli Knesset. Uh, but he was formerly a member of this uh, terrorist group called Koch. Koch? Koch. 
I'm just going to say cock. Just say cock. Cock. Just go with cock. Cock. Michael Benary was a member of cock. And it was an, an, extre, an extremist party that uh, both the United States and Israel considered to be a terrorist organization going back to 1994. And of course, Ben Shapiro didn't mention that. <laughs> that, yeah, he was a member of the Knesset. No, of course not. He's a member it of It was just that he was Jewish, really. Yeah. According so that's to, the important part. According to the Council on Foreign Relations, cock members fired upon a bus containing Arab Israelis in 2005. In 1994, another cock member shot and killed 29 people at a mosque. Uh, uh, cock members have also uh, shot, stabbed, and thrown grenades at Palestinians in Jerusalem and the West Bank. And so the United States and Israel said, uh-uh. These people, they're terrorists. And this guy that Ben Shapiro was saying, oh, yeah, Barack Obama was so mean and nasty to him. This guy was a member of the cock. It was the member of this, uh, this political party. Kahanists, that's the other name for them. Uh, Get a piece of the cock. That <laughs> 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 note. Right. Can we talk about Sean Spicer on Dancing with the Stars? Oh, my yeah. God. We'll Tom do that on the after party. Tom Bergeron's not happy. Yeah, we're going to talk about that on the after party, or the uh, post-mortem show coming up next uh, here on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash show. The 1,000th subscriber gets to co-host an episode of the show with me, which will be Can exciting. I do that? Yes. Yeah, because- we both want to come. <laughs> I'll see. Joey and I want to be there. I'll see if the, I'll see if I can work out the technology on that. I don't know if I can make that happen, but we'll. We can Statler and Waldorf it and just heckle you guys from the balcony. Uh, we'll you try. can do call in, but yeah. I should tell you, we'll actually yeah, do, do a call in. into the show and just be like, "This sucks!" Yeah. Oh my god. Well, I should tell you that I've hidden the number of subscribers on our Patreon page, so you can't see the number of subscribers that are there right now. I'm just saying. We're rapidly approaching. I mean, in the past week, I announced this contest exactly one week ago today. We are, uh, I would say, I think a third of the way there so far. So we're I've rapidly, we're rapidly approaching one thousand. Yes, question. If someone like changes, like increases their donation, do they now get in sequence to be possibly the number one thousand? No, it's a, uh, it's all a matter Only of new sub- total subscriber numbers. And fear not, existing subscribers, people who, especially P ones who have been with us since the beginning, uh, I've got a special thing planned for existing subscribers too. So stand by for that. Uh, again, it's, it's not a consolation prize. This is going to be a second aspect of the the contest but i want to wait until we get closer to 1000 before i announce that but don't don't worry if you're an existing member i've got a a special reward a special 1000 subscriber reward for uh you as well so we'll we'll eventually get there but again that's bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow sign up for at least one dollar a month again that's pennies per show twelve dollars a year i mean twelve dollars a year who who would even recognize $12 a year leaving their accounts? I certainly would. All right. Meanwhile, make sure to listen to the From the Bunker podcast on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network, uh, sexyliberal.com, also from-the-bunker.com, uh, and also the T-Rex Report podcast at patreon.com slash the T-Rex Report. Postmortem show coming up next. We'll see you over there, folks. Bye-bye.
chosen one. Hey, this is Lee Papa, host of AGD Podcast with the Rude Pundit. If you enjoyed this episode, you'll love my show, where every week I talk about politics and interview funny, fascinating, and filthy people. Find it at sexyliberal.com and on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere else you get your podcasts.